Yeah, he's um just like he's isn't he cute? Look at him. Oh my gosh, I want to eat him. Hello and welcome to the Your Honest Ally podcast. My name is Amy Greenaway and I am here to be your straight shooting bestie who lovingly tells you what you need to hear without beating around the bush, is your biggest hype girl and wants to see you living the life of your dreams. In this podcast, we will cover all things self-development from manifestation, relationships, sex, fertility, owning your space and so much more. You will be exposed to ideas that will expand your horizons and give you knowledge to make empowered life decisions. Before we get into it, I invite you to open up that beautiful mind of yours, leave all the offense behind and get ready to take full accountability and own your life. Let's grow together because hey, I'm still figuring out life too. Hello and welcome to the podcast of today. I hope you have had a wonderful weekend and are slaying your week as usual. I am going to keep my intro short and sweet today because I have an incredible interview we want to delve into. So no life update for today, but I just wanted to say Black Friday is coming up. Happy Thanksgiving to all my USA listeners and friends. If you don't jump on the Black Friday sales and the... uh, Cyber Monday sales, then you miss out on your sales and you can pay full price. That is on you. <laughs> but um, yeah, let's go into the topic of today. As you already know, the interview today and the topic of today is around surrogacy. Modern medicine has helped create miracles when it comes to surrogacy and pregnancy. Today, I am interviewing women from both sides, the surrogate who carried the baby and the mother of the beautiful miracle. You lucky ducks get insight into both sides of the process and story. Mira and Daniel have gone through two surrogacy journeys and have two beautiful boys as a result. Her firstborn was born by a surrogate overseas and her secondborn was also by a surrogate but here in Australia. So really, We are getting three perspectives with this interview. I am blessed to know both of my interviewees personally. Lisa, who was a surrogate here in Australia, is one of my closest friends and her family is like my family. To put it into perspective, I have spent a lot of Christmas dinners at her family's house and most of Lisa's family, including her amazing parents, were at my wedding. So you could say we're pretty close. Mira who is the mother of the gorgeous boys, is married to Lisa's older brother, Daniel. So, yep, Lisa carried a baby for her brother and sister-in-law. How bloody special. Due to medical reasons, Mira cannot carry her own babies and is grateful they were able to turn to surrogacy. I know you're most likely itching for me to shut up and get them on, so I will do that now. I hope you enjoy the interview because I really enjoyed doing it. So welcome to the podcast, Mira and Lisa. Hello. (laughs) I am so excited to chat with you today. Lisa and Mira, your surrogacy journey is still very fresh. So how old is the newest addition? He is six weeks and um, yeah, he's doing really well. So so beautiful, little squish. Yeah, hundred percent. He's a little chubber. So, Mira, yourself and Daniel have gone through two surrogacy journeys now, which I think is incredible. Um, once overseas in Canada and one here in Australia. I've gone out to some of the listeners for some questions. I'm sure I don't need to say it, but there is absolutely no judgment, just pure curiosity with these questions. This is a topic no one really knows about until they go through it, and yet we are all still very interested in it. I know you ladies jumping on the podcast is going to help so many people, and it will just really open people's minds and show different pathways to having a baby, which I think is pretty awesome. So I guess the first question on most people's minds would be, how does it all work? Kamira, could you give us an insight into how you you get started on this journey and the difference between going overseas and also doing it here in Australia? 
Yeah, so firstly, there's a few rules that you kind of have to tick before you even get a chance to be eligible to be intended parents or go down the route of surrogacy. Usually, you know, you need to have some sort of medical reason for not being able to carry your own children or if you need to use like a sperm donor or an egg donor. So there's a couple of steps that, you know, New South Wales usually have or Canada usually have before you even go down that route. Once you kind of get the tick of approval that to go, yep, you know, surrogacy would definitely benefit you, help you have a family, um, then you kind of go through the process of creating your embryos first to see if you can get any embryos going. And then you go down the route of finding a surrogate to carry your baby. So it's kind of similar here and in, in Canada because we do have sort of similar medical uh, reasonings and medical sort of help that intended parents kind of get. So we decided to go to Canada first because we just Googled stuff. We were in heaps of Facebook pages and uh, group pages and we just found that we wanted to go somewhere where we could actually like communicate properly mm. with surrogates, be able to get good response through emails and phone calls and uh, just to be clear on the whole journey. So, um, yeah, we went down the Canada route and, yeah, and that's how we got Thomas. And then obviously after Thomas was born, Lisa was very interested to be a surrogate and then, and then Angus was born. So, yeah. Amazing. And so in Canada, you can get paid to be a surrogate, right? No, you can't. No. So in oh. Canada and in Australia, you cannot be uh, paid to be a surrogate. So yeah. it's called altruistic. So you're basically doing it um, in your own free will. Um, yeah. You basically get reimbursed for the for the process basically yeah. so if you need to go see your doctor you kind of have to cover that those sort of costs yeah or if you know if you, you have to have a day to rest or um you need you need medication or you need you know your house cleaned or you need specific food to help you get through the journey um that sort of thing um is what you get reimbursed basically because in in canada and in australia they don't do commercial surrogacy. Um, mm. That's more popular in America because you have to you have to pay them separately compared to what you have to pay the medical bills and all that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I didn't yeah. know that. I thought Canada was the same as America. So that is so very. Interesting yeah. No. Yeah. No. So I and we like the fact that you know the people the person who was going to carry our our baby wasn't in it for the money. Like they were yeah. in it because they wanted to help us start a family and be part of a journey with us. Yeah. That is so that is so cool. That's awesome. It's amazing. Um, what qualities did you look for in a surrogate? Like were there any hard no's or anything that you really wanted? Um well we did match a couple of times that fell through before we matched with the surrogate we had in Canada. Um we just wanted a healthy someone who's basically sane, someone you could get along with, I guess. Like you just wanted to make sure that the person who's carrying your baby is going to look after herself and the baby. Eats well, does not smoke, doesn't, you know, it's not alcoholic, that sort of stuff. There's a whole lot of background ticks that someone needs to get through to even be a surrogate. So, yeah, yeah, okay. we, we kind of had, and, you know, obviously the younger the better because we want to make sure that, the well-being of the surrogate is also looked after as well. So that was kind of another sort of tick that we wanted. Yeah, okay, amazing, very interesting. And you used the surrogate in Canada's eggs, right? No, eggs, no. Embryo, no, we did not. The surrogate is just literally a carrier. Wow. Um, when you use the egg of the surrogate, it becomes a traditional surrogacy yeah. journey. Um, I'm not sure if people do that anymore because mm. I feel like the surrogate becomes a bit more attached because she knows it's her embryo, her, her eggs, I guess. Um, no, so we, we used an egg donor separate to the surrogate um, and all our embryos are the same basically and, we you know, we brought some back and obviously used them here for, for our second child. Yeah, I was thinking that. That is, yeah, okay, makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. Um, and then was there any hard nose with the egg donor or anything that you wanted to look for inequalities in them? 
Um, there's, there's a lot of people who love to donate their eggs. Um, obviously, I just wanted something that resembled me, had same sort of characteristics as me, and um, even like personality-wise, someone who's um, smart, driven, loves loves education, and um, yeah, just looking for like little bits and pieces. Everyone looks for things that are different, um, but we just went with whatever profiles we went through. We just sort of scanned them and thought, you know, this one's more suitable for us, and that's how we kind of selected our donor. Yeah, and then to be be an egg donor, yeah, would do they have to be like of like a pinnacle of health? Uh, they do have to go through a fair bit of medical screening. Um, you have to sort of, yeah, I think minimum, minimum, um, you have to be a minimum of 25 years old. There's like a criteria as well in Canada. It's very similar to Australia. Um, you need to be healthy. You need to be sort of, um, uh, yeah, just like a couple of things and you have to full medical screening before you even donate. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. How does it feel to trust someone else to carry your baby like from my point of view this is a huge deal it takes incredible courage and um, like was it hard emotionally or absolutely like it's 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 you're trusting someone to carry your child uh, making sure you know that she's going to be the perfect sort of person to look after after the baby as well as well as herself you know making sure she's eating not smoking not drinking being healthy exercising that sort of stuff it does take a lot of sort of courage to trust that person but I guess I feel like you kind of have really you don't really have a choice so um you kind of trust the process and you just go along with it and you just hope for the best yeah it's like yeah a whole nother level of surrender. Oh, 100%. Like you're on, you're, your nerves are going off basically for the whole, I'm going to say 11 months or maybe even longer because it does, it's not just the carrying of the baby. It's like checking that the surrogate is medically cleared. Then you try transfer. Like nerves about, you know, hopefully the first transfer works. And if it works, okay, let's wait the two weeks for the pregnancy test. And then mm. hopefully she carries carries the baby all right. And hopefully she doesn't get pregnancy sickness and all that. So it's like your nerves are like on the whole time. Even after the baby's born, I don't think it stops though. <laughs> yeah, now you've got parenting nerves. <laughs> yeah, parental nerves for sure. For sure. And Mira, I feel like you're kind of similar to me, you like to be in control. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. I, I feel like thing. I know that you're like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a teacher thing, and I feel like I like I was like, okay, I'm the same, Mira. Don't worry. You're you're in a different country. You can't even go there. Like it was over COVID, um, and you just you just yeah, you just go with it. You kind of switch off a little bit because if you were thinking about it every day, you'd go crazy. So, and you just think about you just celebrate the little milestones, like when you get to twelve weeks or when you get to 20 week scan and that sort of stuff. So that kind of gets you going. Amazing. And Lise, I'm curious, yes. what were the driving forces behind your decision to selflessly offer to carry Mira and Daniel's baby? Uh, well, I loved being pregnant. I loved absolutely everything about it. I just thought it was, everything about it was just so beautiful. And I knew that Vincent and I were finished having children, but I wasn't finished being pregnant, as strange as that sounds. And I saw how hard it was for Daniel and Mira to have their first son, Thomas, you know, the process they went through in Canada and how hard it was to even bring him back to Australia. And yeah. that was obviously during COVID, they got stuck. Um, they couldn't get back home. And I said to myself, I reckon I could carry a baby for them one day. Like I reckon I can help. And I wanted to do that. And if God wants me to, it'll work. And it, it did. You know, I really care about my brother and my sister-in-law and my nephew. And I knew that I wanted to help. And I thought, you know what, I can do this. I'm strong enough to do it. And so it worked. Beautiful. And the transfer took first time. First time again. I believe it. And I didn't, <laughs> even so lucky. I didn't even wait. They're like, don't take a pregnancy test. Just wait two weeks and come in for the blood test. And I was like, nah, day five. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember looking at the stick going, I'm fairly certain that's a line and I threw it in the bin because I'm like oh it's probably not went to work that day 
went back and got it out of the bin and I was like, oh, there's a line there. So quickly went and did another one and then <laughs> called me straight away. <laughs> That's too funny because my other surrogate did the same thing. She didn't wait two weeks yeah. either. <laughs> and I, I just sort of knew, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling that something, I'm feeling a little pregnant here. I think we're on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, That's that so bad. beautiful, Lisa. Like it makes me like tear up thinking about it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mira, what was yours and Daniel's reaction when Lisa first offered to be a surrogate for you? Like how did that go down? Oh, my God. That was the biggest <laughs> shock of ever, honestly. Like we were just we were just, we were just over for dinner and then we would we were over Lisa's house and then um it was Daniel and I um and Thomas and we were just chilling we were just having a chat having a good meal and then Vincent's looking at Lisa going all right hurry up and ask <laughs> yeah. him and then Vincent's like oh Lisa's got something to tell you guys and we're like oh my god you're pregnant again and then <laughs> she's like nope not pregnant again and then I was like oh what's going on and they're like Lisa asked and then I was like oh my god and Daniel started like tearing up and I was like oh my god are you serious like I just Actually, yeah. both of both of your jaws dropped and it was like complete silence they were like oh what so I was like we were yeah, shocked like pure shock we but I understand. Yeah, you just, just blindsided. I was yeah, shaking. I, I couldn't even control myself. I was like, what? You're joking, right? No. And she's like, no, 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 <laughs> not joking. And then Vincent's like, oh, she's already been to the doctors. And Lisa pulls out this A4 piece of paper with all these questions and all these conditions. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a serious offer. Like, that's when it clicked to me because... People say it all the time. They're like, oh, I'd love to carry someone's yeah. baby. But no one actually, like, actually goes through goes through with it or even like puts in some sort of effort but Lisa had an A4 piece of paper she had all these questions she had all these criterias and I was like oh my god this is serious this is actually serious and Daniel's like yeah let's do it and I was like no hang on a second we need to think yeah, about this like, go think about it you don't have to <laughs> yes. answer me now and come back and sleep on it pray on it don't be like yeah <laughs> Because we, because like you get excited, like when, before when we used to match with someone, we used to get so excited and then it'd fall through. And I was like, oh my God, this is like happening again. So, and then when it, you know, went through, obviously you're relieved. So, yeah. But for sure, that's moment. what was my thought. Because so many people would be like, oh, I'll do that for you. And yeah. it's like when people say, oh, I'll do this for you. And then they just don't ever say it again. And you'd be like, have that internal fear of, oh, my gosh, are they going to bail on me and just get my hopes up? And so you'd be like, I don't want to get my hopes up. But Lisa's yeah. like, no, nah, I know the doctor has told me these things. Yeah, yeah. Doctor I said always I'm the perfect candidate. <laughs> I always had it in the back of my mind. Like, I went, like, when, after I had early, I'm like, I wonder if after I'm finished having children, like, I reckon I could do that. And I remember saying it to mum once, I reckon I could carry a baby for them. And she said to me, just finish having your family first. And if it's something you really want to do, then readdress it. And I did. Yeah. yeah. And Lise, when you initially decided you wanted to do this, how did you approach Chance? Oh, well, first I needed him to come on board because he wasn't at first. Mm. I, mean, I mean, I did ask him, I think it was like only weeks after having Peppy. I was like, I reckon I can do that again. And I asked him <laughs> and it was a hard no. <laughs> so I waited a couple of months and I asked him again, but this time... I wrote down all the reasons why I really wanted to do this and, you know, why I think it could work. And before we told Daniel and Mira, as Mira just said, um, Vincent wanted to speak with our obstetrician to see the risks involved in, like, a third pregnancy, a third C-section, you know, complications with IVF. Um, yeah, my health was Vincent's number one priority. And once the doctor passed me as a low-risk pregnancy, we, you know, invited Daniel and Mira over for dinner. And I remember kept looking at Vincent because I wanted him to like cue me into it because I didn't, I was so nervous of how I was going to, I didn't know how to bring up the conversation. So he helped me get the conversation started and I asked him if they would like to carry a baby, if they would like me to carry a baby for them. And like Mira said, I wrote down all my terms and conditions, you know, I want my obstetrician, I want my hospital. Um, don't answer me straight away. Think about it and come back with an answer because maybe they didn't want me to carry a baby for them. Maybe it'd be too complicated, you know, and that was absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, and obviously they came back saying yes. Actually, no, they came back with a picture of Thomas and next to him it had, yes, yes, I would love to be a big brother. And then we all hugged. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Yeah. I still kept that. That's the picture in that video I made. It's in there. I love it. It's the best <laughs> photo ever. I love it. It's, it's really so cute. Che- he's so cheeky too, isn't it? 
yeah, yeah. And I was like, so oh, yeah, we're doing this. So, Love that. Yeah. And so how did your respective, like, friends and families react to your decision when you told them? Uh, I can remember people being confused. Yeah. Like Anthony. Yeah, it was one of them. Um, majority of people were overwhelmed with joy and happiness. A lot of people cried too. Yeah. It was a nice positive reaction that I think I needed. I, like most people obviously weren't expecting it. There were a few questions asked about how it would work as Daniel was my brother, but obviously it's not my egg. I'm purely just the oven. And, you know, a few people did ask that I had to explain the, the process to them. You know, I'm just housing the baby. It's not my egg. It's, you know, it's their embryo. Um, but majority of people were really, really, really on board, so supportive. Like I said, so many people cried. It was really, really, really nice, a nice reaction that I needed, for me anyways. I was nervous about telling everyone. I remember like, trying to bring it up with, like, Vincent's family. Once again, I was looking at him. I'm like, oh, you need to do it. I can't do it. I was, <laughs> I was so nervous. I didn't know how people were going to respond. And they were the same. Their jaws just dropped, and then they all started crying. They're like, what a saint you are. I was like, no, I'm not, but... I just was happy to have all this support. So that was really nice. I remember where I was sitting when you told me. Like I was in my bedroom at my you desk. Know, you were the first person I think I told. Yeah, yeah, I was. And I was so <laughs> excited. Like so I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you were the first, I think you were the first person I actually told. And then I got your response. I'm like, oh, God. And then it just kept getting better and better. I'm yeah. Like, oh, this is so good. It's making me feel really, really good. Yeah, I just got the chills thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and really your family nice. was like excited? Well, to be honest, I like I like to sort of keep everything on the down low until I know like everything's safe and good to go. So I actually didn't tell my family until Lisa was I think 10 or 11 weeks, I think. I I hid it from even my friends and like yeah, I just I just wanted to make sure everything was good to go before I started talking about it. Um, which, I, which is what I did with Thomas as well in Canada. Mm. I think everyone's jaw dropped when I told them we were expecting Thomas. So, yeah, it was kind of the same. It was more like I just want to make sure everything's good to go and then and then we, you know, we reveal the good news. So, yeah, yeah it was but it was very, everyone was very supportive. Everyone's so yeah. excited for us. Everyone was like, oh, my God, you don't need to go overseas. It was like, it was amazing. Yeah. It's really nice. Very, yeah, very positive. there for the whole process. Yes, really exactly. Special. Yeah. And Lisa, I remember you telling me there was like an interview counselling process prior mm. to becoming a surrogate. Can yeah. you let me know, like, what was that like? Was it like a rating system, like a test, or what was what was the go? Well, there were three mandatory counselling sessions we had to do. One was with the four of us, me, Daniel, Mira and Vincent. One was with just me and Vincent, and then there was one with just me. Uh, they were pretty intense, actually. Um, they pretty much assess your mental and emotional state and whether you're mentally fit for this process, you know, how your family life is, how it will impact on your family. I remember being asked really tough questions when it was just me, like from the psychologist, and then she was, like, carefully, like, analysing my questions and I guess my interactions with Vincent and how we answered the questions together. And then they make a report that I guess says that I'm fit or whether or not I'm fit to do it and able to do that, which she thought I was. But like some of the questions were like pretty intense. Like one of them was obviously you thought about having a third baby, otherwise you wouldn't want a third pregnancy. What changed your mind? And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and I was Gosh. like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, you're actually right. I did want three children. However, I had two girls really close together and that cemented my decision that we didn't want any more children and we're really happy and content in our lives but there was a part of me that still wanted that pregnancy so this was the best situation for us we're really happy we, we know we've gone over it we don't want any more children so yeah and I remember her just watching me and watching me and Vincent talk to each other and interact with each other and she was like writing down and I even asked her do you sometimes say no to people she's like yes I have and I was like okay and then I said why and she said um I've watched people fall apart in this process and if you're going to fall apart here yeah, you can't I, do it. You can't mm. do it. She said, I see people argue, that the couples argue with one another. And I'm like, you're arguing now. We're in the early stages. You're not even pregnant mm. yet, you know? Yeah. It's only going to get tougher. And I said, okay. But obviously she thought we, I was a good fit and I was mentally, emotionally fit to do it. So that was good. I got the tick of approval. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Mira? Did you have to do extra counselling or anything outside of that one with Lisa and everyone else? 
Well, we did one with um, Daniel and I did one together. Um, that was it really for us, um, just because we've already done it before. So uh, she kind of understood that we've already prepared ourselves for this journey. Um, that was basically it. We had a few hard questions as well, sort of like, um, like, like asking Daniel, you know, this is your sister. God forbid anything happens, you know, is it, you know, would we would we pick Lisa or the baby? And we uh, obviously the straight up answer was Lisa. We were all about her well being. So that's what kind of what we did. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And did you both speak about what would you do if the baby had medical issues like Down syndrome or other major health issues whilst in the womb? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, we did discuss that before we even um, saw the counsellor and that was covered in the counselling sessions as it was a possibility that we, you know, may have to face. And I remember the counsellor saying, you know, ultimately the rule is it's my body, it's my decision. However, I made it very clear to Daniel and Mira, I'd wholeheartedly support their decision, whichever that may be, to keep the baby or not. I would support them, leave that decision entirely up to them. That was their, their call. So it's my body, my decision, even about someone else's baby. Yeah. If yep. Mira said, I don't want it, and I said, no, I'm we're keeping it, then that's what would have happened. And Absolutely. then you need to keep the no. baby, Mira. Yeah, yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, wow. 100%. That's the Pretty sort of the law that they've that. got going in Australia. So it's not more to sort of um deter people from doing this journey it's more to just clarify things to make sure people are doing it for the right reasons and not because you can do it or you're, you you've got the means to do it okay wow and mira what control do you the mother or even like daniel have over the surrogate's medical and lifestyle choices whilst or even just before carrying the babies Obviously, this would have been way harder when it was Thomas in Canada compared to he, you're so close with Lise. Um, but, yeah, what control do you guys have? Uh, really, you really do have no control. Mm -hmm. So, um, obviously, the surrogate needs to look after herself. She's already going through this um, for one purpose only, is to give someone a family and give someone a baby to help them start their family. So I feel like you kind of... Just hope that they're eating the right things. They, you know, they're taking the right vitamins, the medication that they have to take, um, just to make sure you know baby's growing fine and they're looking after themselves as well. And how did the birth process work in each scenario? So with Thomas, we actually were um, our surrogate had Thomas naturally, not through a C-section, and then obviously with Lisa we had a C-section because she's had two. Um, C-sections before. I was in the room for both of them. Uh, Daniel was in the room with us in Canada when Thomas was born. It's very different, obviously, because when you're in a C-section, you're like, you've got, you know, doctors everywhere. You've got, you know, your clinical, you're very all clinical. dressed up, very clinical, very, you know, you've got your hair wrapped up and you're wearing this sort of space suit. But it, they, they were both very different, very emotional, but beautiful. Both of them were very beautiful. Amazing. Lise, how did you predict you would think and feel throughout the process versus how it actually felt and like how you actually experienced the whole process? I thought I would be more attached to the pregnancy, but I just really wasn't. When I was pregnant, it was if I just had a job to do and that was just to bring Angus into the world safely and really look after him while I was pregnant. Um, I also thought I would feel that pregnancy glow I felt when I was pregnant with the girls, but I definitely didn't this time <laughs> around. It was really tough. Um, yeah, I just, I thought I would be really attached to the pregnancy and, you know, feel that glow, you know, like the novelty it was when I was pregnant with Ellie and Peppy, but no, it was, it was, I had a task to do and that was to keep yourself healthy, to keep the baby healthy and to make sure the birth is the best outcome that it could be. And it was. Yeah. Okay. And Lise, do you believe it's easier to see Angus grow, like grow up um, and be around him, or would it be easier to be separated completely after birth? Oh, for me personally, I think it's easier to see the baby grow up. Like I absolutely admire the women who do it for strangers, but I don't think I personally could have. Uh, I love that this baby is my nephew. I love he's my godson. And I get to watch Daniel and Mira raise him. 
you know, I'm a part of his life and I always will be. So, you know, I get excited knowing I get to see him each week or each fortnight and watch the milestones he achieves. I think that's pretty special. I don't, you know, you've got that little attachment that you just want to be a part of their life. I think it'd be really hard not seeing him or not being yeah. a part of his life. You know, yeah, he's life. definitely your favourite nephew, Hopefully, isn't he? yeah, his favourite <laughs> nephew. Hopefully he's um, his favourite auntie. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> heard your heartbeat from the inside. Uh, you know, I have felt his first kick. I, I was there for his birth. Like, that's pretty special. You know? Yeah. So yeah. that's me personally, yeah. That's so good. And what will you tell him and when? In this case, Angus will always have least you, his auntie, around. But even like with Thomas Mira, what will you tell him with the other surrogate? Um, is the donor in contact with you guys at all still? Or Oh, well, she's not. She's a surrogate and then the donor's completely separate. So Yeah, that's right. So um, we do contact um, our surrogate in Canada a lot. Thomas FaceTime we FaceTime her all the time always making sure that Thomas sees her um you know we hope we would love to go and visit Canada again and take the boys with us just to go on a little holiday um yeah no we're very close with our surrogate and obviously with Lisa uh we would probably tell them as they're growing up like it's more it's more like a norm not like a surprise you know when you turn 16 you're like oh guess what you know mummy didn't carry you that sort of stuff so it's more like um it's part of life you know mummy didn't carry you we use auntie lisa and auntie Deanie and they helped us have you guys and that sort of stuff so it's more normal to be yeah. growing up with it yeah mm -hmm. they wouldn't know any different basically yeah i completely mm. understand that my sister yeah. has um a foster daughter and she's just like she's my niece that's as it is that's it and yeah she yeah she legally has her now but she talks about it all the time you know what I mean like so it's never a surprise like it's not like you're adopted so I completely understand it's just normal and they don't know any different that's and right. it's not strange yeah for yeah. sure and I know lots of people's biggest fears is the surrogate running away with the baby and there's movies about it. Uh, what <laughs> legal rights does the surrogate have around the baby other than the um, my body, my choice, like carrying it full term? And, yeah, if at any point they decided they wanted to keep the baby, do they have legal grounds to do so at all? So I, I might take this one. Yeah, um, so this one. <laughs> basically in Canada, it's a bit different to Australia. So when a baby is born through a surrogacy agreement in Canada, both the parents, the intended parents, we call them, are on the birth certificate. It depends on which province the baby is born. So when Thomas was born, both Daniel and I were both on the birth certificate. So that made it easier to sort of get a, um, a passport, apply for Australian citizenship, you know, through descent because Daniel and I are both Australian. So that process was so much easier, very quick, that sort of stuff. And the surrogate usually signs a document to say, this baby's not mine. She relinquishes, relinquishes all right to Thomas and basically that we're the parents of this child. In Australia, it's a little bit different. Obviously, we still have the contracts. We still have all the legal documents. Um, but Australian law has this sort of clause that says that Lisa's got 30 days to change her mind, basically, before we can apply for a parentage order through the courts. So... Obviously, 30 days has gone past and Lisa doesn't want Angus, which is fine by me. <laughs> but obviously, we can't even apply for parentage until after the 30 days. Um, Lisa still needs it's to... A little Lisa, Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. Lisa's done, you know, a relinquishing counselling as well to say that I don't want, you know, I don't want Angus. I don't want Angus. He does not, he's not my child. I relinquish all you know, parental rights i guess they call it because she's obviously on the birth certificate that's the other law that we've got that we hope mm. we can change because obviously lisa is not the biological mother um and it's a bit hard to sort of fill out forms and do all that so mm. uh, we were lucky enough that we had to, had to hire a lawyer to sort of sort of tell us put Daniel on the birth certificate as a biological father. That way, it's easier to get Medicare, and you, so your son can go see a doctor. Holy shit! Yes, and then once after the thirty days, obviously the lawyer can apply through the courts, Supreme Court, for a parentage order 
which, um, you know, we have to collect all these documents, all the reimbursements, all the um, receipts that we have used to have Angus, all the counselling reports, um, the uh, basically counselling reports before and after, um, uh, sort of affidavit of affidavits of you know from Lisa and Vincent and me and Daniel to say you know what the process is, uh, the surrogacy agreement. There's heaps of sort of documents that you have to kind of stay on top of it, or the courts might go no, sorry. Oh you know? my goodness! So Lisa baby... can just be like within those thirty days. <laughs> nah, fuck you! I'm keeping the baby. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is scary, which is scary because Lisa's like family. But if you were doing this for a stranger in Australia, yeah, you would they would kind of turn you off trying to do it here because of that. And that's why a lot of people go overseas, which is pretty bad, actually, because they're going in there not knowing what's going to happen overseas when they can have it here and do it here. But we just need these laws changed so we can actually, you know, help couples actually have babies over here. A hundred percent. And people are not doing this to, to, I don't know how to say it, but like have babies and not look after them. They're going in knowing, you know, they 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 want a family, like they want a baby. So it's a bit disheartening actually. For sure. Yeah, yeah. that definitely needs to be changed because that's, yeah. That is crazy. And, like, the Canadian system is so much more simple. Very simple compared to here. I feel like well, they've they've done it longer than us. Um, I think um, we don't really have a lot of people who do it here to sort of fight for it, but I feel like it's been coming up on the news a lot. So hopefully soon they do change that law to say, you know, the intended parents go on the birth certificate straight away. We don't need a parentage order, so. The statistics were in Australia, only 150 people do surrogacy in Australia a year. So it's not a lot. And and there's so much, um, there's so many people that can't carry their own baby. And, I, like, you hear it all the time now. It's more and more common. Yeah. But yeah. then you understand, yeah, why people go, okay, we'll I have to go overseas. And they're like, well, actually, that's just too hard. And so it's like this whole merry-go-round so in Canada Mira did she sign that form at the beginning of her pregnancy or could she change her mind anywhere halfway through or was it like yeah no she can't change her mind at all basically so all the legal documents are done before the pregnancy before their transfer even happens um so when the baby's born she literally just hands the baby to the actual parents um and then she might need to sign a couple of documents um for like um, Australian legal documents to say that she's a surrogate and that Mira and Daniel are the parents of Thomas, basically. It's one of those little things. But you have to trust the system. It's very hard. And I feel like here, if you did it here and you didn't know that person or just, you just don't know, you really don't know here. So it right. makes it iffy. People don't want to do it. No, I totally understand that. Lise, I'm gonna, I know your answer, but at any point in the pregnancy or after birth, did you have any desire to keep Angus for yourself? No, never. <laughs> it felt like I was babysitting him just until he was ready to be with his mum and dad. It felt like I had a job to do, like I said before, and that was just to bring him into the world safely, look after him while I was pregnant, and I did. And after birthing him with Mira and Daniel and Thomas, that was just incredibly rewarding. It made everything yeah. just so worth it. Yeah. And did the doctors or anyone during the process ever speak to any of you about whether the baby would bond to you, Lise, or even to your other surrogate mirror? Or, like, was this a worry at all? Or uh, No, actually. I never, no. The, the doctor always kept checking in with my mental health. Like, every time I'd see my obstetrician, the first question is, how are you? How's your mental health? But never once did they talk about that bond. I spoke to I spoke to my surrogate in Canada the day after Thomas was born, and I said to her, "How are you feeling? Do you need? Do you feel like you need to hold him? Do you feel like you need to?" She goes, "I don't want to sound cold. I don't want to come across as a cold person, but he's not my baby. Like she just knew that that's that Thomas was not her baby, so she just held him like as if he was someone else's baby. So." I, I don't know. It takes a very strong and noble person to do this. So, yeah, well, it was like in yeah. the birth. In the birth, I remember Mira, you had your cuddle, and then you were trying to pass them on to me, and I was like, no, no, not my time yet. I'm not ready. I just yeah. want them to finish the Caesar. 
you have your body. Like I didn't feel that urge where I needed to hold him like I did when I birthed birthed the girls. I was like, where are they? Give them to me. Put them on my chest right now. I want that skin to skin. But here I remember going, come on, finish the season. I want to get Will to recover and go upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) And you you knew he was safe with his parents, right? Whereas like yeah. your girls, you're the parent. Exactly. And, I was excited and, for Daniel to go and meet him because I remember seeing Mira wheel off and I was like, oh, yay, Daniel's about to meet him. How exciting. Oh, that's so special. And Lise, what is the bond like with your girls versus Angus versus your other nieces and nephews? We know he's uh, a favourite. <laughs> well, obviously I love all my nieces and nephews the same. <laughs> However, there's no denying I have a soft spot in my heart for him. You know, how, how could I not? I was there for his birth. I saw his first cuddle with his mum. I felt his first kick. I shared this special journey with him. So, obviously, I love all my nieces and nephews, as I said, but I have a big soft spot for for Angus. And yeah. he didn't, like, when I watched, you know, they dropped the sheet the same as they did when the girls were born and they pulled him out and held him up to show me. And even in that moment, it wasn't, I didn't have that, connection I did when I saw my yeah when I saw my my daughters for the first time it was like I remember I actually said wow he's got a big head (laughs) (laughs) that was the first thing that came out of my mouth and I remember looking around and Mira was crying Vincent was crying and I was like oh I wasn't crying I was like I did it he's safe and I was just waiting to see that moment where he got put on Mira so it was honestly like I was still in like job mode mode. when he came yeah when he came out I was like all right he's out he's safe is he going to cry yet? But I remember he just had a really, the way they were holding him, he just looked like he had a, and I think the doctor said it as well. He's like, big head. I was like, big head. <laughs> and he was angry coming out. He had like yeah, a little looked, bulldog look on yeah. him going, why did you get me out? I'm so comfortable. He, like he like looked around. It's like he was scanning the room, opened one eye. And I was like, wow, Mira, he's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. good. Yeah, it was um, very, very different. Mira, did you still feel a connection to Thomas and Angus during both of the pregnancies, even though you weren't physically carrying them? Oh, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not with the surrogate and with, I'm not with Lisa the whole time. So it kind of felt like, I know our baby's coming sort of thing. Like I felt Lisa's belly. I felt my surrogate's belly, my other one in Canada. I had that moment, but I feel like the more connection I had was, probably when they first came out. And when I had that skin to skin, I held Thomas for like two and a half hours, skin to skin. Angus was almost the same. And that's when you kind of feel like, oh, my God, you're their mum. That's it. Like, it's on. Job started. So special. Yeah, so it was very, very special. Yeah, and I'm not sure, Mira, if there are general rules around this. Um, You'll have to fill me in. But does a surrogate usually pump milk for the newborn or what goes on with that? So they they can if, if they choose to. A lot of surrogates in Australia, from what I've heard, actually do pump the colostrum or pump for a few weeks. Um, it's more personal choice. I didn't mind. I, knew, I always knew we were going to bottle feed. Um, so with Nadine, I think we um, she pumped like for that first day just to get that colostrum. We only got like four or five meals and that was it. Um, with Lisa, Lisa wasn't interested, so we were fine with that. Like we just went straight to bottle is so much easier and then we can share the feeding with you know me and Daniel yeah. can share that yeah yeah for sure okay cool that's a very interesting Lise I know they cover this in counseling but it changes obviously throughout does this make you want another baby of your own no it didn't <laughs> this pregnancy was tough on my body and being a third c-section the the recovery for me was a lot longer and a lot tougher. I'm so happy and content with my family and blessed with what we have. I couldn't ask for more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, cool. But you know how I remember you saying that during the thing, they you had to be like done having babies, right? Mm-hmm. What if you decided, oh, but I want more? Can you just? Well, you can. It's your body, but you can just go and have more after this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just had that in my head. Like, is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And least have your family and friends been? equally supportive in your recovery with this pregnancy and after birth as they were with your girls? Oh, absolutely. Their support was amazing. They were very, very supportive and made this experience the exact same as when I had the girls. Even when I came home from hospital, 
my mother-in-law had let herself in and had prepared all the meals on the counter for our first meal together when we came home. That's yeah, so beautiful. Was, that's nice. Was, yeah, it was really, really. Yeah, everyone was really supportive. Actually, that first week we were home, we had it was like we had brought home a baby. We had visitors every day, and they were bringing meals, flowers, presents for the girls. Really, really beautiful. Yeah, that I even is had work, really nice. uh, parents at work buy the baby a present. Yeah, that was so <laughs> cute. That was very cute. Oh, I said, you know, it's not my baby. They're like, we know, but we just think it's wonderful. And they bought a book for Angus. That was really yeah, nice. beautiful. And how about you, Mira? Do you find people are really supportive of you? Because even though you didn't technically give birth, you're now dealing with the aftermath that most people deal with, the newborn yeah. stage. <laughs> yeah, definitely sleep deprived. So, um, yeah, um, I probably could do with some makeup and um, a nice <laughs> long bath. Um, yeah, but a lot of people did did want to give us that space to bond with Angus, which was really, really nice. Uh, we, we had obviously my immediate family come over. Uh, a lot of people came and visited us at, at the hospital, which was really nice. I had heaps of heaps and heaps of messages from my friends and co-workers and people overseas congratulating us. Like it was just amazing. So it was really, really nice. And again, like same thing, we got flowers and vouchers to, you know, to get food and, but it was beautiful just to see Thomas just accept Fine. Angus and just love him and just want to cuddle him. And there wasn't that little bit like that jealousy. I didn't see that as much. I said, I, I guess I said to Daniel, I was like, we need to give Thomas attention so he doesn't feel jealous. And he was, he's been amazing. Oh, my heart. That is so beautiful. And how does maternity leave work for both of you? So I get maternity leave from work because I'm a teacher and I also get maternity leave from the government. Lisa also gets maternity leave from the government um, as under the surrogacy sort of bracket. So yeah, we both yeah. kind of get it. She get kind of gets it to recover and I get it to sort of look after, know, the baby. Look after the baby, yeah. Yes, wait, that's so good. Um, Which is good, yeah. Yeah, because you do need it both both sides. Yeah. Lisa, what would you say to someone who had the desire or was considering being a surrogate? It's probably the most rewarding and selfless thing you can do. I would suggest um, on Instagram following Surrogacy Australia and watch their free webinars. It's about surrogates who share their experiences. You know, no two pregnancies will be the same. No two journeys will be the same really insightful you know it's not always picture perfect so it would be good to hear maybe some of the challenges surrogates may be faced with but also the miracle they've told be a part of um i wish i had spoken actually to another surrogate about their journey just to get a bit of an insight of what it may be like but these webinars i think they have them every every wednesday and it's a different surrogate sharing their journey so just yeah, get awesome. on board with that yeah and they're, they're really insightful a lot of so many questions that you just wouldn't even think of. you're like oh yeah so, yeah, that's what I would say. But it's a really, really beautiful thing you can do for someone. And it's so rewarding that when you see them, like even now when I see Mira with Angus, Daniel with Angus, Thomas with Angus, like it's just really, really, really rewarding. Sure, yeah. And yeah. both of you, what do you wish you had known prior to going through with the journey? Uh, I guess, I guess not having the control basically is the biggest challenge for any intended parent, not being able to sort of control, you know, what can the surrogate eat or what can what can they do and they can't do. They kind of have to sort of trust the process and go with it. The, the biggest thing I could advise to intended parents is to just go with the flow. The more stress you put on yourself, the more stress, you know, you'll be when the baby even comes. So to me it was more sort of just being easygoing and if if God forbid anything happened, you just had to deal with it. Like you just yeah. have to be strong enough to deal with the good and the bad. So yeah. And how um, about you, Lise? Was there anything you wish you'd known? Um, it probably it might be challenging on your marriage. Like people often think it's just the surrogate going through the journey, but it's for me it was like the whole family. You know, mm. Paul Vincent copped the mood swings from me, <laughs> and they were the ones lifting me up and getting me through it. So at times it it was hard. If I was just feeling unwell or feeling a bit snappy, Paul Vincent would like feel the brunt of that, you know. So just maybe perhaps seek counselling as a couple during the whole process um, and learning to deal with the challenges you may be faced with. There weren't really a lot for me, but that's probably mm. one of them. Seek counselling as a couple because we didn't, I seek counselling for myself during the process, but 
together we did it. And I think maybe that I should have done that. That would have been helpful for us. You know, yeah. it's a big journey for them too. It's not just me. Mm. It's Vincent, it's my girls. They're watching this whole process go through. They were on the journey with me. So it was really a big change for them as well. Mm. I feel like it would take a strong marriage to be able to go through all of that. Yeah, and I think that's why they do the couples counselling beforehand. Like I remember her really, really analysing how we're interacting with each other, what our answers were. So I think we we should have done a counselling session during and that really yeah. would have helped. Just Together. You know, there's challenge. Yeah, I mean, I've been pregnant carrying child for us, but I'm caring for someone else. It puts a bit of pressure on the relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and Lisa and Mira, both of you, how did you think you would feel during the process, say Mira for both times, versus how you actually felt like, Mira, you were, you were talking about the surrender side and everything like that? Um, I kind of, yeah, I just, I didn't really like think about my feelings too much. I kind of just went with the flow. So it's kind of what I expected. I feel like because I did a lot of research, I spoke to a lot of people. I think I was well informed, I guess. So my my feelings kind of basically were the same for both of them. Yeah. Yeah, we just went with the flow and we were very lucky to even have two children. Some people can't have children. They've been trying for 15, 16 years and, yeah, we were very lucky to be blessed with two healthy boys, yeah. And, Lisa, you said that you thought you'd be more attached, right? Was more there attached else? to the pregnancy... Um, I thought I would feel the same excitement I did if I felt a kick or a niggle or he had the hiccups, but it was like, okay, you know, he's safe, he's moving, he's doing everything he should be, let's keep it that way because it's almost time, you know, for you to be with your family. As you know, when it was feeling the girl's kick, I was like, quick, Vincent, there's a kick, put your hand here. But this time, I, or like when I'd be going to sleep and start kicking, I'm like, all right, time to go to sleep now. I want to go, auntie's tired. Yeah, you're like, Angus. Let me do my job easily. Yeah, I'm like, come on. But it would, it would feel good. I'm like, okay, he's moving. He's doing the right things. He's hiccuping. I can feel him kick and roll around as well. So, yeah, pretty yeah. much, like I said, I just wasn't attached to the pregnancy as much as I thought I would be. Yeah. And can someone be a surrogate more than once? Yes, they can. Yeah, On absolutely. the webinars I was speaking about earlier, you hear from surrogates speaking about their second journey as a surrogate. Um, and I think the one I saw, it was a surrogate doing it for the same family twice. So you definitely can. If yeah, you're mentally yeah. fit and physically fit and emotionally fit, then yeah. And you yeah, build you that trust. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And you're kind yeah, of friends. Yeah. Like even if Lisa wasn't his auntie, you'd still be friends with that person. You were with them for a whole year at least. It's kind of like dating, but, you know, kind of different. But, yeah, you just have to sort of create that bond and that's the only way surrogacy would work is if you were to bond with that surrogate and actually get along with them even if they weren't surrogates mm. and or aunties basically so yeah yeah it's, it's very special yeah amazing all right so now we have we've done all the nosy questions but Lise, how has this process affected you and your life positively well, I helped someone grow their family. It just doesn't get much better than that. To see Mira hold Angus in the delivery room just made, like, everything absolutely worth it. To see the video of Daniel, like, meeting him for the first time, it, it actually makes me cry, and I don't usually cry. I didn't even cry at the birth, but seeing that video was very, very special. <laughs> I feel as if I'm being a good role model for my girls. You know, I want them to grow up and see me as the positive role model and see how wonderful it is to be kind and how important their role was as part of this journey as well. They were there for it all. They were there. If I wasn't feeling well, they'd be like, mummy, is the baby making you feel sick? Or mummy, can we kiss the tummy? They were really a part of that journey as well. So they were a part of giving their cousin a brother or having another cousin. Mm. I think that's pretty special. It is. Mira, were you and Daniel planning on going through the process again? Uh, yeah, we wanted to um, in Canada, obviously. And one time at dinner, I remember Lisa was like, oh, don't worry about the other surrogate. That's like, <laughs> I remember her like not talking her down, but like, she's like, oh, don't worry about going there again. And I was like, what is she on about? Like, Because <laughs> it was a night I was going to tell you and you were talking about talking to her. And I'm like, damn it, I hope they haven't and already. Then, like, yeah, and then them. like Lisa was like, obviously, hoping that we didn't start the next journey so she could have a go. Um, so it was it was really special. But, um, 
yeah, like I, I'm just I'm just blessed that I like we were, we had the means and we had the ability and we had a you know beautiful family that were behind us. And we were able to give Thomas a sibling. Like, it's the best. We all come from big families. So we kind of know the importance of having siblings and aunties and uncles and cousins, especially over Christmas when it's nuts. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we feel very blessed that we were able to do this. Yeah. yeah. We, we're over the moon. It's so special. And I just randomly thought of a question. Where was the embryo originally from? So the embryo is created in Canada. We intend to tell the boys that we've used a little helper who helped us have you guys. And we, if they wanted to contact that person, they, they, they access absolutely fine as well. They have access to all the information when they hit 18. But obviously, because we're going to be talking about it with them through their lives, it won't be like a big surprise. And yeah, they'll know no different. They'll just know we needed a helper. And yeah, that's how we went down that route. Amazing. So they can meet the their how would you what do the you donor. Call the donor. Yeah. Correct. They yeah. can they can choose yeah. wow. So can yeah. some donors choose to be anonymous or is that not a thing? At the start we did select our donor based on the fact that we wanted it to be anonymous. Um and we kind of spoke about it, Daniel and I, and we kind of went through scenarios. What if Thomas and Angus wanted to meet them? How would they feel when we didn't want to know her, when she sort of did such a big gesture mm. for us? So we actually do know of her and have contact with her. We actually had to know her name and things like information about her to bring the embryos back because in Australia they need that information to go under a a, like a little central registry where a child born through surrogacy or um, using egg donation or sperm donation they have access to that information when they turn 18. So we did have to you know get to know her and that sort of stuff. So she does get um, a couple of emails with photos and stuff. She was over the moon when she found out we had Angus. Very excited and um, very happy happy for us and yeah she oh, you feels... sent her a picture I did yeah she gets a couple of emails from me every year one over Christmas and one from their birthdays yeah. and just to keep her in the loop and she loves it she's like thank you so much she's very appreciative for what we're sending her and it's nice because nice. if if yeah. they did get to meet her and I'd like to meet her at some stage it wouldn't be awkward or wouldn't be sort of strange because yeah. she kind of mm. She kind of knows what they look like. They, She knows, you know, their names and when they went to school or when they started kindergarten or that yep. sort of stuff, So, which is nice. That is so nice. That is so beautiful. I love that. I love yeah, that a lot. it's beautiful. <gasps> Amazing. Well, that is all the questions. Do you have anything else that you wish to share or you think people would benefit knowing or? Lisa? No, people ask me all the time, why did you do this? Why did you do this? And, you know, I was very happy and content in my life and I knew it was the perfect time to help them grow their family. Hearing Vincent share our story of what we did, it makes me feel really happy that I was able to help someone continue their family and be a part of the miracle. So it's pretty special. And now that it's all over and everyone's well and good, it's just more rewarding now watching him grow and achieve those milestones. That's right. a wonderful journey and I'm very blessed that it all worked out really, really well. Can I just say this donor has some good embryos. She's got some good little eggs. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Because I'm going through the whole fertility, getting my body ready, and it's all about the quality of the egg. Oh, it's all about the egg. So it's like two out of two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're very lucky. Daniel actually goes, oh, I've got super sperm. (laughs) He goes, check out my results. Look at those results off the charts. I was like, yeah, baby. That transfer was first time as well? Correct. Yes, so they're strong quality embryos, huh? Strong embryos, yep. Oh, this is so great, guys. Congratulations. I just love it so much. My heart's just exploding. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thank I really you. hope I hope people like get a lot out of this podcast and hopefully people hear this and go, you know what, I'd love to be a surrogate or I'd love to help someone have a baby or even just donate their eggs or donate their sperm or help a sibling or anything like that. So good on yeah. you. Thanks, Amy. Good on you. Thank you so much for coming and talking to me. And hopefully this will even like get people thinking oh we need to start kicking up a stink about the lords in australia because that needs to change because you can understand why people would be too scared to trust anyone absolutely absolutely 
for sure. Okay, guys. Well, thanks, love Amy. Thank you thanks, so Amy. much. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, Mia. Yeah, yeah, I'll speak to you later. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed doing the interview. I learned so much and I hope you did too. And hopefully this opens your eyes and maybe your mind a little bit. And we need to get um, that law in Australia changed. How about it? If you loved this episode, please share it. Please subscribe, follow, like, do all of the things. And I love, love, love it when you guys message me and tell me what you're thinking. It really is very encouraging and fills my cup. I hope you have a fabulous week and I will speak to you next week. Oh, and remember, I'm always on your side. Big love.